Hello and welcome back, everyone. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us. Oh, wait, I will ask you if you've seen the Dahmer show, though. Yeah, we talked about it, remember? Right. And did you say you finished it all the way? Yes. Oh, geez. I haven't. I just barely got to Tony's episode, which was very hard to watch. My goodness. The episode where he, the he's deaf and he's a model. One of the victims. They could have um, had a relationship. They could have been boyfriends. Yes, that one. I told you it was going to be fucking killer. Why? Why? You were right. I almost turned it off. I was like, I can't. But then luckily they didn't show really anything. But I mean, I should feel just as bad as, you know, for every other victim. But the fact that they really delved into that, his story and his background and stuff, you just really feel sad. Yeah, it made it like 50,000 times sadder. Yes. And the mom I was reading, she was upset. Well, I mean, rightfully so that she said that's not how it happened at all, which I mean, none of us really know, oh, but still. I did not see that. Oh. She was saying like, um, you know, because it, it almost made you feel like um, bad yeah. for Dahmer too, you know, like, oh, but you don't because you're, you know, not to feel bad for him. But at the same time, it's like it shows a more human side of him where he was longing for like something like that. And he just was he's messed up. I mean, he was going to kill him anyway. So yeah, regardless of how, but it was just a messed up situation. So that's the episode so I'm his on. His mom was saying that they weren't actually in a relationship. She, yeah, she said that, um, which I haven't looked into it enough to know what Jeff even said about it in like to the police or whatever, like what, or if he said anything about any of the victims, really, I haven't looked into the, the real stuff, but I did see that when I looked up the guy's name, um, let me read it. It's a, it's from the Guardian, and the mother condemns the Netflix series. I don't see how they can do that. And I'll cut to the chase. She said, before adding, it was difficult to talk about Tony's murder and politely ending the call. She says, I don't see how they can use our names and put stuff out like that out there. Now, 85, the still grieving mother joined a growing course of people whose relatives were murdered by Dahmer and who have mounted a loud backlash against Netflix's dramatization of his killing spree in Milwaukee. The hit series main players, including creator Ryan Murphy and Dahmer actor Evan Peters, have insisted that the show strived to put the victim's stories and their family's trauma at the heart of the production. But the show, which also depicts how Dahmer got away with his killing spree for so long because authorities ignored the concerns of the black and other minority community members, has faced criticism for not consulting the families of the slain. The cousin of Dahmer victim... Errol Lindsay, Eric Perry, wrote on Twitter that his relatives found out about the series when Netflix released it on the 21st September, and it quickly became the platform's most watched show. Netflix hasn't required to consult, wasn't required to consult victims' families because the events it portrays are public record. But the way things went down re-traumatized the loved ones of those murdered by Dahmer. Perry's cousin and Lindsay's sister, Rita Isbell, who was portrayed as calling Peter Dahmer Peter's Dahmer, Satan, in a series courtroom scene, wrote separately that the show felt harsh and careless. The episode where the show's producers argu arguably tried hardest to focus on a victim that was the sixth, yep, there it is, telling the story of how Tony Hughes fatally crossed paths with Dahmer. Viewers see how Tony Hughes, portrayed by a deaf actor and former reality television star Rodney Buford, loses his hearing in his infancy after a doctor misprescribed his, him medication amid what his mother has previously described as a battle with pneumonia. He grows up communicating through sign language, reading lips and writing notes by hand. His sister tells him she wants to name the child she is expecting after him. He also is close to his mother, his dreams of modeling, hopes to find a committed romantic partner, and enjoys dancing at clubs with two friends who, like him, are deaf and gay. Buford's performance as Hughes has been praised as compassionate and haunting, but many have found the episode grueling to watch. The episode, titled Silenced, shows Hughes meeting Dahmer during a night out and striking up a relationship with him. The show implies that as Hughes tries to leave after a night spent together, Dahmer murders him, possibly with a bloodied hammer. The episode ends with Dahmer cooking and eating Hughes' liver after donating money to a search effort that his victim's mother and other family members mounted after his sudden disappearance. Mm -hmm. And it goes on for other parts of the show, but that episode, the way that they broke it down and, you know, you got to really know Tony Hughes as a person, it just made it so heartbreaking. 
you almost wanted it to work. Like maybe this will be Dahmer's cure, which, you know, that's the wrong way to think, but man, Mm. can love cure anything? It's sad. Um, But yeah, she claims that that's probably not how it happened. And no one wants to see somebody that killed their son, you know, portrayed as a human at all. Cause to, to you, they're always going to be the monster that took away someone's life. So yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I saw uh, a, a bunch of people are talking it across different podcasts. They're talking about like, is this, is it right for us to get entertainment out of um, the biggest show recently was the Pam one. I forgot to ask you if you'd seen that one too with Renee Zellweger. Uh, I have not, but I know the story of what it's based on. Uh, the family of the woman, her daughters, they're very pissed off because of how it was almost they comedic. The mother. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I did read that. Um, which if it's a fake story, you know, loosely based or whatever, they can do that. I feel like it's more safe to like make a comedy out of it, if, even if it right. is like messed up. But if they are like trying to put the family's names down and this is who it is and this is where it happened. They cannot, I don't know. It was stylized very strange. Um, I did enjoy it. I'm sad to say I liked that show and I thought the acting was very good, but I do feel bad that um, it was still someone's mom and it was made out to be like a joke. And Pam got like, no, she didn't even get in trouble for that really. Like she should have just immediately gone to prison the very first time, you know? Anyways, Mm -hmm. that's my two cents on that since we haven't really caught up on what's been going on in general in the true crime area of things. In the crazy world that we live in. Absolutely. My goodness. But uh, moving on from that, uh, I found this topic to be relatable for a lot of our audience and felt compelled to bring the conversation to our podcast. So today we are discussing animals and the afterlife. <clears throat> so do you, am I going to cry? That's okay. That's what I was going to ask you next because some of the stories told by like the owners and stuff, I was like, um, or like in general, the questions that they had was making me tear up. And I did, I took a moment and I cried about honey and how she was alone and like, and it was just horrible. It was horrible to think about, but, um, yes, discretion, everyone, you know, be aware, have tissues nearby because it is somewhat of a sensitive topic as you know, we have recently had to, um, graduate a few of our animals to the next level in in life. So uh, animals and the afterlife, Uh, whether you agree with the idea of an afterlife or see simply an afterlife as this is an ending of an animal's life, when animals die, something happens to their consciousness, right? Uh, What happens to them spiritually? We may never know for sure, but it does make many people feel better to believe their pet doesn't just disappear forever. We can all agree and we We can all agree that we have questions. And with that being said, let's hear about what I found recently. Um, It's, it goes in all directions and uh, let's hope there's no judgment. Cause I mean, I just went into this open-minded and I found that there are pet psychics and they exist and they have some answers for their clients. Animal communicators also are hired in the transitionary period between pets and humans. Um, so somebody might say have an elderly animal or an animal that that will be being euthanized soon and they'll have this uh, pet communicator come into the home and have them express while the animal's still alive, like how are they feeling? Do they know what's going on? So I think that's that's kind of cool if people can afford it and and they're interested in, you know, what this person has to say because, you know, we can't really prove any of this. That's another thing with this episode that I was kind of wary going into it is um, this is not a clairvoyance has never been able to be like a scientific, you know, we can't prove it. If it's not of this, you know, earthly realm, we cannot prove anything scientifically. So with that being said, um, in all transparency and everything, this is just going to be a lighthearted informational, let's see what they have to say kind of episode. So in this daily news article, pet mediums and afterlife specialists Brent Atwater and Laura Snitchfield answer big questions people usually have. 
Uh, and let me go over to that article very quickly. Daily News. So Jennifer Angel wrote this in 2015, and I feel like it definitely still applies. Oh, here we go. Okay, so is it time? Brent Atwater says that when pets and animals are ready to make their transition from earthly to spiritual energy, they will know 24 to 48 hours before they pass. And 10 days to two weeks beforehand, they will give their owner a sign, a memory moment. It is a common it is common during this time for them to distance themselves in an attempt to separate their energy to make it easier as the animal knows it will be rough on its owner. They can also do something totally out of character that gets your attention and as you look back over the 2 weeks before the pet passed, you will remember this out of character moment. Often a dog will sit and stare into his owner's eyes and during the 24 to 48 hours before they pass, you can sense something different. Their paws and ears can get cold too as they draw in their energy during this transition period. When an animal is sick, you can ask them if they are ready to go and hold the dog's paws, and often you can hear the answers in your heart. Oh my god. I know. Uh, Laura Stitchfield adds that if your dog is nearing the end of its life and you don't want to see it suffer needlessly yet are torn about euthanasia, there are ways to know when it when they are ready to go and to help it prepare. Laura suggests that you talk to your pet, sharing as much of your own faith or knowledge as you can. Animals are profoundly attuned to the spiritual realm and will readily grasp the reality of the afterlife. Laura also says that as heaven gets closer, pets distance themselves so that it's easier for you. They can start seeing loved ones from the other side when they feel like they're going to go and will often stare at their owner and attempt to tell them that they're ready. And even if the animal never knew their, never knew your relatives that have passed, Laura says that their common bond with you creates a link of kinship, so they will perceive them when they are poised between the worlds. Um, what about accidents? If it is a sudden death, Brent believes it is to be a planned death, or it could be a lesson for the owner in some way, as pets can be guardian angels that take pet forms. Laura's experience with these kinds of crossings is truly fascinating. Sometimes a dog will run into traffic that has never done that before, just out of the blue. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes what that is, is they have a job to do on the other side, often to help someone else cross over. So they will go. So um, I'm just getting a, a lot of that animals are more spiritually attuned and like they just know sometimes, sometimes though, not not every animal is um, attuned to the spiritual side of it, but they are like the guardian ones, I guess, that are sent here or born, you know, to be your pet for, a, you know, so, so amount of time, some amount of time. And then when it's their time, I guess they have to go on to their next, uh, I guess, like, like all dogs go to heaven type, you know? Ah, oh. oh, breaks my heart. But did also, you see my so video that yes, I, used I did. I hate for? you. First of all, I hate you for that, and second of all, that was very well done. <laughs> I found it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I did you cry? <laughs> yeah, it's sad. It's very sad. Um, so yeah, that is interesting because I had never thought of uh, pets as being guardian angels that have others that they have to, you know, serve or, you know, mm-hmm. that they have a purpose. So I thought that was very sweet. But um, so sometimes they will uh, try to die so that they can go ahead and cross over. Reincarnation. Oh, <clears throat> so can maybe, you imagine? Oh, goodness. I know. Like you're, <laughs> you're just like, going wow. about your day and your dog no. just was like, hey, you know, it's mm-hmm. my time. And mm-hmm. they just run out into the street. Your dumbass is trying to get your chunkless on. Yeah. Trying exactly. to run your ass after them. You never know. Exactly. I don't know. And like they have a purpose and you just look like a moron. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Trying to stop them. Uh, and they're up there already I'm watching you me. laughing like, well. Yeah. Like couldn't warn her any other way. <laughs> God, so funny. Like, Did you have to be so dramatic about it? Like, <laughs> true. Jeez, Louise. So, um, so yeah, it's a, apparently if they have a purpose or they were here for a reason, they will either give you signs that they're going to leave soon, or it'll just suddenly happen. But it is a planned event for them to uh, die, pass away. Oh. Reincarnation. Many people accept the idea of reincarnation as a matter of course, and the support of scientifically 
trained physicians such as Dr. Brian Weiss and Dr. Ian Stevenson lends weight to the idea. So if humans reincarnate, is it possible your pet may also? Among animal physics, the conclusion is absolutely. As with humans, reincarnation is about soul evolvement, and Brent advises that only 30% to 40% of pets reincarnate. She says animals that reincarnate have a job to help you, but if they don't come back, you can meet up in the spirit dimension. However, when they are on the other side, they are still your pet, but a mind-only pet, not physical. They reincarnate because they are part of of your soul's journey. When they come back, it's to help you continue learning lessons and be part of your soul's journey to move forward. A mind-only pet, so a non-physical pet, is a guardian pet and a pet spirit guide who will, uh, who is with you for the rest of your life to guide you. When pets do reincarnate, they can reincarnate in the same life and more than once. When Brent sees a pet transitioning to the afterlife, they will tell her if they will reincarnate and when and be very specific about where and when and how they will come back, including colorings and markings. With the soul-to-soul contract you have with a pet, you can reincarnate with each other in different lives as well. I know. Isn't that so crazy? Dude, my (laughs) sister-in-law said she tried – I swear to God, sometimes that girl scares the shit out of me, but she was like, dude – whenever or you're gonna get pregnant after sassy dies and i was like bitch shut (gasps) your fucking imagine and so i was i've been thinking about it like recently or whatever and if sassy reincarnates into it like if i were Mm -hmm. to get pregnant like that would be like what if the kid like uh, do get pregnant and have a kid or whatever and the kid like is little and she's like Mm. i remember when we would blah 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 like what the fuck are you talking about then that would be proof for sure and i would cry hysterically all over the place (laughs) absolutely absolutely Mm. that's sweet but um yeah that's cute the fact that you might be able to see your your little friend again like, I would so want sweet. to have kids or a kid just for that reason. <laughs> yeah, just to see. I'm, I'm curious about it as well because, I mean, it might be, you know, your grandma too. Oh. You never know. And people are so spiritually close and they have a purpose to be in your life for your soul involvement. Laura has helped many clients locate their reincarnated pet in some amazing ways, but cautions her clients on the necessity of releasing the past. In terms of people who are mourning their dog, reincarnation is tricky in the grieving process because you have to let the past go. You have to realize that it's a different life and it's not seamless. For people who are grasping saying, I need my animal, Laura says, it can often take a lot longer. It's almost the universe's way of saying you have to move on. There, I know. There are exceptions to that, however. Laura has had clients call in great pain after their dog passed, and she'll contact their dog on the other side, who will give her the name of a town or a store. And in the following and in following those leads, the people find their reincarnated animal really quickly. Everything matches up. What? Yeah, so um she will be able to reach into the afterlife and like ask where they are now in other words like where have they been reincarnated Mm -hmm. and so it'll give the it'll give her a hint of like what town to check or whatever and people apparently can find their reincarnated animal um isn't it i mean there's no way to know for sure but if you're you know if you're brought comfort by that idea of meeting up again and saying goodbye or whatever, right. that energy sure. will transfer I'm for sure. sure. Helps. I think so. Uh, I mean, I'm not like <clears throat> I feel as though when we cover these kinds of topics, we lose a lot of people with like how wacky some of it sounds. But I mean, if it's not hurting anybody, I you know I want to hear about it. I'm fascinated. It sounds weird. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not against it. Um, So sometimes a reincarnated pet will look remarkably like its previous self and sometimes not. They will show some kind of evidence, however, that confirms that sense of knowing. For instance, they'll settle in unusually fast, have similar habits or other behavioral clues. Um, 
When pets pass, as soon as the pet transitions from the physical fursuit to the spiritual energy, the minute they leave the physical, they are okay. They have no pain and they are there with you in spirit immediately when they leave the body. So I guess whenever you started freaking out, Sassy was probably rolling her eyes like, look at her about to freak out over this. Dude, yes. (laughs) Everything's fine. (laughs) I just thought of that moment. Yeah. literally like an hour ago i just thought of that moment and my eyes started to water but i was Mm -hmm. like literally she just Mm -hmm. i can't even imagine like i'm sure she was just it's almost like they look skinnier too like their life just leaves them i legit Mm -hmm. was like she uh Mm -hmm. weighs yeah like way less like that's so weird and i meant to say this that time you mentioned it too that um didn't they try calculating the weight of like a soul of like that energy that they believe is the soul? I feel oh, like they did, shit. but I don't think it was applied to animals. But whenever no. you said she weighed less, I was like, that's because yes. the soul has has moved on from the yes. physical. So Damn, I, it applies. Her soul weighed a lot. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> That's wow, so she carried a lot in there. Um, she sure did, because she was a hellhound. I, she really was, and we will be discussing. We will be discussing those as well. So I'm excited that you brought that up. Um, they oh, used to call her funny. hellhound. Um, I should have held Bella whenever they injected that stuff because then I would know like what it felt like to hold her. But right. she was she was on a blanket on the table so the table. that yeah, so that all my family could like stand around her, but. I should have just held her so that I could know what that feels like. Because all I could see was her just deflate, you know, and yes, it's go so away. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird, so weird. Um, A part of me wonders if if Bella has come back at all, like, and I haven't noticed her. Yeah, if she's like, "Bitch, have you grown? <laughs> have you grown she's and like, <laughs> spiritually?" <laughs> she just sits there and watches you freaking freak out. Yes, <laughs> exactly. She's like, "Really? We're just going in circles over the same anxiety shit that we used to do." She's like, "What's <laughs> happening? Why is she making that face?" <laughs> she's just, yeah, I was looking at the other dogs like, "She's your problem now." Look, <laughs> <laughs> fucking uh, Franklin, like. Mm. Oh, or I wonder if they're like, oh no, she still needed me. Ah, I'm gonna cry. Stop. She what? I wonder if they're ever like, oh no, she still needed me. Like if they ever come visit. Oh my god, why? I'm gonna throw up. I know. Um, don't. I know don't it's so it. sensitive a topic. No, but, according um, to that thing that you just fucking read, it said they knew what they were doing. True, that's true. If they are, if they were sent here with a purpose, they do know instinctually. But if they just happened to grow a bond with you. I wonder if they still come back and check on you just to be like, mm. I'm sure. Cause I feel like that's why they stayed so damn long on, well, sassy at least. Right. Like, <clears throat> years. She fucking, I seriously, if I would have let her, she would have kept going. Uh, she'd have been in the damn wheelchair and shit. And she would have just been like, I'm fine. Just put me <laughs> over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm fine, but I do need your help sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I hate it, but I need your help. Yes. Put me on the bed. Take me off the bed. <laughs> yep. Immediately. I just displeased. She, I swear to God, since I got her ashes back, mm-hmm. I have, like, little things, weird things have happened. So mm. I got her ashes back. Maybe I should wait till the end to tell you. Okay, yeah, you can save it to the end. We can just okay. run through. I don't have very much left. Um, we're guys, we're gonna have to do a part two on um, pets and the paranormal because I went down this rabbit hole over afterlives and uh, ancient mythology and all this. So this part, we're gonna cover what I just mentioned, and then we'll have to hit animals another time again on this podcast. So just so y'all know that. Um, but yeah, let me finish up, and then we'll go over what you have to say. Um, okay. So. And here's the tough question. So when pets pass, this article says, as soon as the pet transitions from the physical fursuit to the spiritual energy, the minute they leave the physical, they are okay. They have no pain and they are there with you in spirit immediately when they leave the body. Signs from the other side. We've all heard stories or have had the experience of of receiving apparent signs of communication from loved ones who have crossed over. Often your pet will come to you in spirit form to comfort you and you may experience uncanny signs from a pet from the other side. 
You can hear the little noises they used to make, like barking. Oh, my God. That's literally mm-hmm. what I was just about to Her little chuffing noises. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> like barking, purring, their bowl rattling, or the noise their collar made. You can have dreams in which the animal appears to communicate something. Uh, objects can cross your path, which relate specifically to your deceased pet. Your pet's name may show up in unusual ways and much more. Or you will feel them beside you and sense them around. As soon as they depart, the early realm, they are there with you, ready to send signs. Most asked question. As a pet makes his or her transition to the afterlife, those who loved the pet have two main questions. Was the pet in pain and are they okay? The answer is no, they were not in any pain as they transitioned. And yes, they are okay and they are there with you in spirit. And how a pet psychic and animal medium can help. Pet psychics, animal mediums, and afterlife specialists like Brent Atwater and Laura Snitchfield can talk to your pet and help them and you go through the transition process while shedding light on why the pet is sick, when it is ready to go, and the reasons associated with its passing. A great many resources exist to support pet owners in every stage of the grief process. Laura's work, articles, and books can be viewed at thepetpsychic.com and Brent Atwater's many books and podcasts about pet afterlife, as well as a Facebook support group can be found at brentatwater.com. So, moving forward... um, Pets, more specifically dogs, have been a part of the afterlife since ancient times. Daughter of Titan Perses and the nymph Asteria, um, Hecate, I want to call her Hecate. Is that how you say it? Okay, good. She is a goddess of overall like magic, but it's Mm -hmm. grouped into different little categories. But overall, she's the goddess of magic. She witnessed the abduction of Persephone to the underworld and helped search for her torch in hand. She is portrayed often being triple formed as pillars with her facing three ways as she did at crossroads to ward off spirits. She is accompanied by packs of barking dogs because they were often sacrificed to her and eaten in solemn sacrament. I'm sorry, what? Yes, um, they would sacrifice dogs to fertile goddesses or like goddesses that were um i forget what they call them yes like birth i forget what it is but it has to do with like um the category for like birthing and new life so they would sacrifice dogs specifically to her um i know i don't know i don't like that too much but around the fifth century bce she is portrayed as being um flanked by packs of dogs because she would take nightly strolls And uh, they have good vision and are excellent guards for fields. And they ran with gods that roamed in the dark and between the living world and the dead. So that's why they were always coming around her when she would be roaming around at night. And so she's just often portrayed with having dogs around her. Um, I think that's so sweet. Uh, The, where is it? The black dog also holds significance as an omen of death, but can be uh, like signifying protection because um, some black dogs are church grims. They're called grims, which watch over the dead in churchyards and protect them from demons. In the 19th and 20th centuries, a dog might even have been buried under the cornerstone of a church since um, the first to be buried in a graveyard must be the one to protect it. So loyal dogs were given the role. Oh my God. Um, as hellhounds, as hellhounds, the most known example is the Cerebus, the Hound of Hades. The multi-headed dog guards the gates of the underworld, keeping the dead from leaving and tracking down those who have escaped. Um, hellhounds are often depicted in multiple guises or pairs to represent the two-sidedness of life and light and death and darkness. Other examples are Odin's hounds, um, Gifir and Jerry, and the hellhounds of Armenian legend, Sia and Spitak, which one is black and one is white. In Central American folklore, good and evil are represented by two different hounds called um, El Cadejo, The good one will protect the vulnerable and the bad one will lure people to make poor choices and to their death, ultimately leading them to the afterlife in a sinister way. Um, Dogs called psychopomps are guides who lead the dead through 
the paths to the underworld. And Anubis, the Egyptian god, was depicted with the head of a dog or jackal and is believed to be protector of the dead alongside Osiris, judging the soul as they die. Osiris would judge the soul, but Anubis stayed with the dead after judgment and into the transition into the next world. Anubis also had a more physical connection with dogs. In ancient Egypt, the city in which Anubis was honored was called Sinopolis, or uh, Dog City. It was a necropolis of dogs located in the Nile Delta that featured millions of mummified dogs. In Mesoamerica, the Shulat is an Aztec dog god responsible for guiding the dead in the underworld. He is the god of monstrosities and is depicted in a darker manner. The ancestors of this dog god are the Mexican hairless dogs called Xoitzquitli. Squeaklies. Or Zolo dogs. Um, it was a common practice to sacrifice their Sholo dog at upon the owner's death so their dog could act as their guide. Oh um, god. Yeah, I know. It's like it's it's good, but then it's like, oh geez, it's sad. Um so and I found a really cool website where I found all this um summarized information called talkdeath.com. Oh. And I will be coming back to this website for sure for a bunch of other things because it's all things relating to death, um, taboo and all. So this one was called Dogs in the Afterlife, Ancient History, Myths and Religious Beliefs. And that's where I found most of this summarized information of how dogs are viewed in the afterlife. Um, <clears throat> interesting. Um, and then there is a conversation of do dogs go to heaven? And this article says dogs have long held a reverent place in our afterlives and hearts, but some groups have been less clear about the state of our pets. The Catholic church has long debated whether or not animals have a place in the Christian heaven. In 2014, Pope Francis suggested in a speech at the Vatican that animals do indeed join us in the afterlife. Some pet owners like the ancient Aztecs were known to euthanize their dogs so that they could, um, so that both human and companion could be buried together and reawaken in the afterlife. Um, conclusion. Oh my God, I'm not crying. I know. Isn't that sweet? Dogs have been closely connected with humans for thousands of years, and they continue to play important roles in our lives today. And while there are fewer depictions of them in modern myths and beliefs as afterlife guides or hellhounds, we honor their deaths and mourn them after they are gone. And today, some cemeteries will now allow people to be buried with their pets, so you can physically remain together after death, best friends forever. Oh my God. I want to... Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get new... all my dogs. Mazelian. I'm going to get pepper and apple cremated. Mm -hmm. And their ashes and sassies yeah. are going to mm -hmm. be buried in my casket with me. That's so sweet. See? It all works out. Oh I know. I know. <laughs> uh, Francis just turned six um, on the 29th of October. And I was, like, happy. But I was like, oh, my God. He's already six. It's just so... That's, yeah the time is just it really is and so and people say that with their kids all the time because you know they mm -hmm. see them growing like every day like oh my goodness but with dogs too it's like wow the years just go yeah uh, so yeah it's um I'll have to I don't want to think about it now but yeah it's good to kind of think about like what's going to happen with my dogs and what what, what are the plans the afterlife plans just like with humans like are we going to be buried are we going to be cremated there's so many options now and uh i didn't even really touch on european uh beliefs but i was reading about something that they even have cemeteries that are just for dogs and you can go visit um pet cemetery yeah exactly and they uh they can put little statues of your dogs up and stuff make it look nice but uh yeah so in other words Animals are amazing. More specifically, humans just have these connections to dogs for throughout the years. So now moving on from that, I will say that I have a short list for other animals so that they can have an other a mention of why that they are um, important or what they signify in death, essentially. And I used joincake.com why these 15 animals are associated with death. This came out uh, September of 2022. So across many cultures and periods, certain animals such as cardinals, worms, bats, owls, and butterflies have been associated with death. Some of these animals have historically predicted death. Other animals bring peace. You may have heard 
that a visit from a cardinal means that a deceased loved one now lives at peace. Learn more about some animals associated with death, yada yada. So number one, cardinals. As we previously mentioned, cardinals often act as a reminder for those we have lost. In fact, some think that a visit from a cardinal means that a deceased loved one is visiting. It is not clear why cardinals connect to deceased loved ones. Some believe that the red color of the bird has to do with the blood of Christ. Many Christians think that being visited by a red-colored bird means that their loved one now lives with their Savior in heaven. Regardless of the exact symbolism and origin, cardinals usually have positive connotations when associated with death. You can see them on many sympathy cards and gifts, and the beautiful red bird gives a feeling of joy and peace to many. Um, Crows. While cardinals have positive connotations across cultures, the crow is seen as both positive or negative depending on your background. Native American, Celtic, and Chinese traditions typically view seeing a crow as a positive sign of good fortune. However, the crow in American culture is often associated with Halloween. This may have originated in the Welsh belief that a crow flying above one's house predicts death. Whether you view crows positively or negatively, crows express innate intelligence and even have crow funerals when a member of their murder dies. Mm. Oh my God. Animals like having awareness is just such a devastating thing to know. You know, like I would rather, I would almost rather have like an ignorance bliss situation with animals that they don't understand when something bad happens because it's just so much more heartbreaking whenever they do. Whenever they do understand, you're just like, oh no. Um, vultures. Scavenger vultures mean death in most cultures. In fact, you may see this depiction in movies when a character finds himself in dire straits and a vulture ominously flies overhead. Worms. Not to be gross, but worms play a big role in the decomposition process. Okay, yeah, we knew that. Um, snakes. Who doesn't have to read too far in the Bible? One doesn't have to read too far into the Bible to uncover the story of the snake who deceived Eve. This action started a chain of events that caused the downfall of man. Yes, yes. According to the Bible, snakes were punished for their deceitful nature. Genesis 3.14 says, So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. For this reason, snakes unfortunately get depicted as evil creatures instead of being life-affirming. They represent death. Bats. No other animal is so closely associated with Halloween than a bat. Since Halloween it is a is a holiday closely connected with death and the afterni- afterlife, one may easily attach bats to death. Bram Stoker's, Stoker's novel from 1897 probably put the nail in the coffin for drawing a connection between bats and death. The novel's villain, Dracula, can shapeshift into a bat and he craved the blood of humans. This is not what I was looking for, but I will continue reading. <laughs> Um, hyenas. Throughout the folklore of many different cultures, the hyena represents an evil creature thought to rob graves, steal children and livestock, and influence spirits. In some cultures, the sight of hyena foretells death. Owls. You may also associate owls with Halloween. Many cultures associate owls as prophets of death in many cultures. Some say that hearing the call of an owl means that a grave will soon need digging. Excuse me. Why do owls have this negative association? Maybe any bird that is alert at night must be up to no good. Regardless of the origin, the negative association of owls with death is old. Virgil once wrote, the Aeneid Aeneid? portrayed the owl as an animal associated with death, and he wrote during the year 30 BC. Black cats. Black cats have been associated with death since the Middle Ages. Not all cultures share this negative view as the ancient Egyptians revered cats of all colors. Groucho Marx was famous for saying, a black cat crossing your path signifies that the animal is going somewhere. (laughs) Okay. It's a logical logical kind of person. I like that because I don't like the uh, people that are like, ooh, ew, a black cat. Like, what's the difference? What do you mean? Um, Any cat. When I see a cat, the only thing I think of is they better not have shit in my yard because fawn will roll in it. <sighs> Anyways. That's fucking gross. It's so nasty. It smells so different than what I've – I've never had any cats. So people yeah. who have cats are probably cats like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to not <laughs> be mean, but yes, the poop does smell really bad. And I never they catch her are- doing it. <laughs> She's already extremely cute, but there's no way. It's like if I were, if I had to be a cat or a dog, I would be a cat. Word. 
because I identify the same way I guess cats yes. seem to mm-hmm. identify. Mm-hmm. But as far as like having cats, I don't know. Because I would that be is bad. the truest fucking <laughs> statement I be have like, ever heard. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm telling you to do this, but you're just going to do whatever you want. I hate you. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I tried to own a cat like three times and I can't. I can't. They just do what they want. They really do. <clears throat> butterflies. Most of the animals on this list have negative associations with death, but the butterfly may offer a beloved symbol of those of someone who has transformed and entered the next world. Butterflies serve as a wonderful reminder of deceased loved ones, and some view them as a symbol of rebirth in the afterlife. The symbolism becomes somewhat complicated as different colored butterflies supposedly have differing meanings. For example, see a blue butterfly may signify good luck. Whether you believe that a visiting butterfly has a message from your loved one or signifies just a friendly reminder of life after death, that's up to you. Moths. Conversely, moths often associate negatively with death. Moths, like bats and owls, may receive an unfair reputation based on when they prefer to be active. Like butterflies, moths come in a variety of colors and sizes. Don't forget to do a Google search for this death's head hawk's moths. Hawk moths skull-like markings on its body. Um, everyone knows the Silence of the Lambs moth, right? Yes. Pretty neat. Um. So ravens, it comes as no surprise that the raven, like the crow, gets associated with death because of its color and diet. This is so stupid. I might even just cut this whole thing out. This whole part. I don't know because it's not the same. It doesn't have the same vibe that the dog conversation has, but I see. Um, It comes as no surprise that the raven, like the crow, gets associated with death because of its color and diet. In Swedish folk stories, ravens are the ghosts of the murdered people in Germany. Ravens are damned souls. One of America's favorite authors, Edgar Allan Poe, used the raven to tell the story of a heartsick young man mourning the loss of a loved one named Lenore. The raven has been a part of American literary canon for decades and is part of our cultural literacy. Jackals. On several continents, jackals live outside of established settlements. Since the dead were often buried outside of town, people feared that the jackals would disturb their loved ones' graves. Perhaps this is one reason jackals have become associated with death for some cultures. Spiders. Even though spiders are a necessary and beneficial part of the food chain, their poisonous natures make them often associated with death. Also, their ability to hide inside your boots or crawl in your ear as you sleep at night gives people the heebie-jeebies. Oh, yes. (laughs) Dragonflies. Like the visit of both cardinals and butterflies, some connect being visited by a dragonfly with the visit of a spiritual guest. The Japanese view a visit from a dragonfly as proof that their deceased loved ones were in attendance during some Buddhist ceremonies. Interestingly, dragonflies are viewed as nefarious creatures in Romania. The translation of their word for a dragonfly means devil's horse. What? That's kind of cool. It is kind of cool, honestly. They always gave me that kind of a feel, too. Horse feel. Um, Use animals for comfort. This list aims to prove blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. So anyways, that was that. And um, every time you do that. <laughs> Every time you say, "This is this," <laughs> I saw a family that dressed up for Halloween, and the mom was Ursula, and the dad was, I think, Eric. I don't remember, but then the daughter was like Ariel, and the little baby boy was Flounder, and I thought that was so cute. Aww. Family costumes—they just get me every time. Okay. <laughs> uh. So yeah, I think next time, because I don't want to run over any more of this kind of stuff. So I think next, I'll save the other thing that I have for next time, which is um, 20 comments. Or actually, I guess I could go over right now real quick. Or maybe instead of what I just read, I should leave this in. But it's 20 signs that they've returned after they've passed on. Let's hear it. And then that way, that'll tie into what you're about to tell me. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay, so on... But on Join Cake, again, let's see if this article gives us a little more than the last. But JoinCake.com has this blog that discusses 20 common claims of signs from deceased pets from September of this year. Let's see. Number one, familiar sounds. The most common sign that pet owners report after their pets pass away is the sound of their pet. 
Pets make all kinds of sounds throughout the day and we often just ignore them. Even when our pets are gone, we might continue to hear those sounds without realizing they shouldn't be there anymore. But if you happen to notice a particular sound when your pet is no longer with you, it might give you pause. Some examples of sounds that might be a sign from your departed pet include the jingling of a collar, the thudding sound of a tail against furniture, a bark, a faint bark, cry, or whimper, the doggy door flapping back and forth, the sound of nails on a glass door or window, the tip-tapping sound of their nails on the floor, the sound of the floorboards or stairs shifting as they run across. Two, familiar smells. Every pet owner knows their pet has his or her own distinctive smells, for better or for worse. If it's been months or years since your pet's passing, those smells should have worn off the furniture and carpets, but you might suddenly catch a whiff of something familiar and wonder if it's your furry friend saying hello. It might be your pet's shampoo or the musky smell of their breath. If it's raining, you might catch a distinctive scent of wet fur when you open a door or window. Three, memories out of the blue. As you're going through your normal day, a memory of your pet might suddenly pop into your mind for no apparent reason. Many pet owners see this as a sign that their pet is with them in spirit, and if it's a happy memory, your pet will be trying to remind you that everything's okay. Four, songs. Maybe there's a song that you used to sing to your pet or a song that reminds you of your time together. If that song gets stuck in your head out of nowhere or if it comes on the radio at random, it might be a sign from your pet. Five, Physical feelings. Have you ever felt the brush of a cat or a dog up against your leg when there's nothing there? You might recognize that feeling as your pet coming to lend you some comfort or say hello. Other feelings that might feel like a sign from your pet include the feeling of a pet's panting on your skin or a playful nip at your hand or foot. You might even feel the scratch and need of little claws from a departed feline friend. Six. Change in temperature. Another physical sign is a temperature change. You know the feeling when a pet climbs under the covers with you or just sits on your lap. The temperature rises and becomes notably cozier. If you feel a small space of warm air around you, it might be your pet stopping by for a cuddle. If you notice... (laughs) If you notice... What? Tell me. I know. Oh, goodness. It's going to be a bunch of these, huh? Um, And if you notice that the spot where they always curled up is warmer, that could be a sign too. Ooh, they still like to come lay in the same spot. Um, Interacting with other pets. Some pet owners claim to interact with pets that are just like their pets who are deceased. If you pet another person's dog and notice the same smile as your departed friend, or if a cat comes by your house who looks just like yours, it might be a sign from your deceased pet. Um, behavior of other animals. Speaking of other animals, keep an eye out for the behavior of other pets in the house. Many pet owners believe that animals can see things, including signs from the afterlife that we can't. If your, if your pet starts acting like they see your departed pet, it might mean they're there in spirit. Number nine, signs in nature. Animals in nature might be signs from deceased pets too. If you see a bird, insect, or wild animal you don't normally see around, it might be your pet checking in. For example, you might notice a dragonfly by your house um, where you've never seen one before, or you might encounter a symbolic bird like a blue jay or a robin or cardinal or a goldfinch while you're out for a walk. Any animal or bug that starts appearing after the passing of your pet could be a sign. 10. Dreams. Some pet owners believe their pet's spirits can visit them in their dreams. If you suddenly have a dream that revolves around your pet, Or if your pet just stops by in your dream, it could be a sign from your beloved friend. Unexplained movement. Do you keep seeing a furry little blur out of the corner of your eye? Does your food keep getting knocked off the counter and onto the floor? Unexplained signs of movement like these could be considered signs from a deceased pet from the afterlife. 12. Shapes. Some pet owners see shapes in the clouds and remind them that reminds them of their pet or they see flowers blooming in the shape of their pet's face. If you notice any shapes in nature or around the house that remind you of your pet, it could be them stopping by to let you know they're okay. 13. Dates and times. If you look at the clock regularly and see the same time over and over again, it might be a sign. Consider whether the time on the clock is symbolic of anything like the time of your pet's passing or a special time you used to share. Is it the time you would usually feed your pet or take them on a walk? Also, take note if you find any coins out of place. You might find a coin with the year your pet was born or the year you adopted your pet, which may be a sign that they're there with you. 14. Fur and whiskers. You might continue finding tufts of fur or even whiskers around the house in new places or places you've cleaned already. This could be your pet reminding you of their presence in the home. You could even find things like baby teeth or nail clippings in an odd location. 15. Scratches and markings. As you're going through your day, you might see a smudge on the sliding glass door from your pet's nose. If it wasn't there already, if it wasn't already there before, that smudge could be a sign that your pet's 
spirit is still around. You might also find other signs on the furniture or around the house, like a scratch on the upholstery or a muddy paw print by the door. 16. Feathers. Finding feathers in unusual places is thought to be a sign from the afterlife. If you find a feather in your home or while you're on a walk, it might be your pet giving you a sign. 17. Mice and birds. If you have... If you had an outdoor cat who liked to bring you gifts like mice and birds, you might keep noticing these special presents when your pet is gone. If you see a deceased bird or a mouse outside your home, don't be alarmed. It might just be your kitty bringing you a gift from the other side. 18. Your pet's name. Your pet's name is special to you, so when you see it somewhere out of the blue, you probably take notice. If your pet's name comes up somewhere unexpected, that may be a sign of your pet saying hello. Electrical disturbances. Many people believe that spirits, including those of deceased pets, have a strong electrical presence. So if you have a light that keeps going out after your pet's death or more static shocks than normal or any other type of electrical disturbance, it could be a sign from your pet. 20. Objects around the house. Finally, keep an eye out for the unusual objects around the house. You might find things related to your departed pet, like a toy or or pieces of kibble. Take note of whether you put those items there or not. If they weren't supposed to be there, they might be signs from your pet visiting from the other side. Some people believe deceased family members, including pets, can communicate with us from the other side. Others are more skeptical that something like that could be true. But whether or not you believe in signs from the afterlife, the signs we listed above will always remind you of your pet. And whenever you think of your pet, they're close to you in spirit and memory. And that's that. Uh-huh. So... Wow. I thought Which that was really going to make me, like, ball everywhere, but didn't. Good. <clears throat> so are you ready for my speech? Yes. Are any of those familiar to you? Yes. Um, first of all, when I picked up her ashes, it was me and Iman in the car. And uh picked up her ashes, and, of course, I cried. And um, the radio started to mess up as soon as we started driving back to the house the radio started messing up and it started playing uh that song wild world you know what i'm talking about yes it was weird i was like what? i mean it didn't have like a significance to us or anything but it was just weird that song was yeah so i was like what the fuck and then um other shit was going like literally it kind of felt like a final destination moment like i was freaking out a little bit like there was other shit that was going on and um i can't fucking remember exactly what they were but it was just i just remember the radio like messing up whatever so i was like that's weird but so it was weird well then get home and it felt like or I felt better because she was back. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I didn't feel like while she was gone, I literally felt like there was like a void in my chest. And then we brought her back and I like I finally got her ashes back like two weeks later. So um, it definitely felt I felt better or whatever that she was back. Well, then <clears throat> Pepper has been acting like crazy like she's not she like will growl at random shit and she like barks at stuff like random stuff like earlier uh i was working and Ema was sleeping on the couch and she just started barking out of nowhere so i go over there and i'm like the big dogs are probably fucking with her well she's sitting on one of the chairs that we have uh by herself and the other dogs are sleeping under a table and her the chair that the other one sleeps under or whatever so she's up there by herself and nothing the tv's on like nothing's happening and she's just barking at the thin air and i was like what the fuck are you doing and at first i didn't really like think anything about it but then you started you gave that fucking Mm -hmm. list and she's been acting weird ever since i brought the ashes back home wow and then uh last night i think it was last night uh i heard like it sounded like her nails on the floor and at first i thought it was the dogs in the kennel whatever but um 
it sounded like it was like right next to the bed and I was like what the fuck and then I felt like hot at first I thought it was the I have a fucking extension cord or whatever that's at the end of my bed but it's on Mm -hmm. the side so I was like maybe I pulled it or something so I'm like checking to see if because I felt this hot air like around my legs so I was like shit and I look and it was still where it was at and it wasn't even hot and I was like what the fuck was that oh my gosh that's wild it was I've never felt that before so I was like whoa whoa that's why I thought it was the fucking extension cord like it was weird it was a trip but the list like basically it was like yeah that was hair and Pepper didn't like Sassy whenever she was whenever she was alive. So that explains why she's barking and shit. And she just growls, just growls at the open space. It's weird. That is really weird. Um interesting. I hope nothing She'll else like is trying to come into shit. the space. Like we discussed that one time that if Sassy was the ultimate like spiritual protector of your home yeah now the torch has either been passed or something is trying to get in because there's nobody there's nothing protecting don't scare me (laughs) those are my theories i know those are my theories because i'm always like the worst possible thing of of course i had not even thought about that but and you know what it's not she's not acting like i mean that warm spot was a small spot like it was right it's just it wasn't it wasn't like my whole leg, you know, like it was like my calf that I felt it. Right. Right. So, but Pepper, when she's barking, it looks like she's like looking up at something. Ew. Whoa. So I'm like, is, and I just keep going back to Sassy was a hellhound and she's mm-hmm. ginormous. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she's taking her, her, uh, her form. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that's so cute. That would be cute. It's like now who's bigger, huh? That's what she said. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, But yeah, uh, dipping into the other, like the paranormal stuff and like when people actually do see balls of like fur run across a room, there are a group of people who think those are good. And there are a group of people who think those are demons that have, Mm -hmm. you know, tried to tug at your heartstrings being like, I'm your pet that is coming back. Dare. But that's the same thing for children ghosts, too. So, I mean, you can view it however. Okay, children ghosts are demons. Sorry. <laughs> children's cannot. Children's. Oh, my goodness. Child's. Child's cannot be ghosts. Only demons. Um, Only. So, yeah. Just depends how you view it. Uh, and the yeah. same thing, too, with, like, hearing things. I mean, it could be just, you know, time on a loop for them at the time. Right. That I mean, we just I can't was, see. I expected to hear or think I was hearing um, her like nails on the fucking floor or whatever. So I was like, but I only heard it one time. And so I was like, mm. maybe, I'm, maybe I just wanted to hear that. And I heard it. Yeah. Your brain's just used to it. Like muscle memory, but it's like right. sounds. Right. And then other stuff too that I'll hear and I'm like, what? like I'll turn around and I'll be like, what the fuck? Like I can hear like something on the bed or, or like a knock or something by the bed. And I'm like, oh, it's just sassy. And I'm like, she's not here. Right. Ooh. Like, fucking flip around. Like, what was that? Aw. Um, there's a dog that is one of our neighbors has like a small dog or whatever, but they, when they bark, it sounds distant, but it sounds like sassy whenever she would be in the back room because she didn't, she didn't want to be out with the rest of us, but she didn't want to be alone in here. So whenever she would wake up, she would start to bark and then I'd have to go get her or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, so that's what it sounds like to me. And sometimes, I mean, I know I know it's that other fucking dog, but I'm like, oh, it's sassy. She's ready. And then I'm like, no, it's not. Aw. Yeah. And then I'm like, is that another dog? I'm like questioning myself. Like, <laughs> yeah. Does the neighbor have a little dog? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, shit. It's sassy reincarnated. 
Stop it. I would be pissed. I'd be like, why? Down As the, the street, neighbor. You couldn't have come this way. <laughs> That's hilarious. And she hasn't come to you in any dreams? No, I haven't dreamt about her yet. I dreamt about my grandpa last night, actually. In Interesting. Yeah, that's weird. Hmm. I thought that was cute that the article said, or, you know, the experts say that they get that kinship from you. Like, if you are always talking about your family or, like, showing them this is who this is. So, like, in heaven or wherever they go, they'll they'll meet again. They'll be like, hey, you're yes. my owner's uncle or my owner's grandpa or whatever. She's with my grandma. She's like, hey, I know you. You fed me fries. Do you have any? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That's cute. Well, y'all. I told her to go before, whenever we were putting her down, I told her, you go look for grandma. She knows right. you're yeah. on the way. How sweet. Mm. Uh, yeah, that article did say, like, your whatever you show or teach your pet, if they aren't, like, here for a purpose, like a spirit guide type thing, like, if they don't have an instinctual knowledge of things, um, I guess whatever you believe, they believe. So if you tell them, like, you're going to go to heaven – I don't remember what I told Bella. Um, I don't know. I don't. I can't believe I don't remember what I, if I even told her anything other mm-hmm. than, you know, I miss you and I, I love you or whatever. But I don't remember if I explained. Whereas, like, when we have company, I tell the dogs now, like, okay, grandma and grandpa are coming and uh, Hunter's brother, you know, whoever's coming, I tell them, like, they're gonna, you're going to have company this week. And they just, like, don't know. But then when they show up, they I guess they connect it. I have no idea. I don't know. Well, and I think they also watch, like, how you interact with those people. And I think they take that into consideration about how they're going to act or what. I just get embarrassed because I talk to my dogs since I have no friends and I'm, like, usually alone at home. I talk to them like they're little humans. And, like, realistically, they have no idea what the fuck I'm saying. But A lot of people (laughs) talk to their animals like they're humans. I fucking – we've seen it on TikTok (laughs) It's true. I mean, I just, I feel like they get me, you know, when it comes to like a moment of like chaos, they need to like have training, Mm. uh, like know what the words mean for that specific thing. But in general, I just act like they know what the hell I'm doing or saying. I got the dogs. They're shot collars finally. Oh, (laughs) we haven't shot them. We just use the vibrate, but uh, the vibrate is very effective. See, I told you, I told you. People are always like so quick to be like, how could you? But it's like, look, I have a handful of dogs here. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, they need a little bit of training. They need a little bit over here. Pay attention to me. (laughs) Dude. And they, the first time that I did it to Lilith, because their remote is like the same whatever so i've already fucked yep. up where i'm like one or two between. yep yeah. <laughs> yeah. damn it yeah. but um i did it to lilith first because she was trying to lift a board that was covering mm-hmm. a hole in the backyard and she was trying to lift it and drag it away mm-hmm. and because she's obviously fucking smart as shit Body. and yep. um <laughs> She was lifting it and I pushed the vibrate button and she looked around like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> she stopped and she like was like, what was that? Divine she intervention. was like looking, she was inspecting the board, like uh-huh. what the fuck? How did you do that? Me, man. Something touched me. <laughs> and then me up. And then like a little bit later, she couldn't find it. She couldn't find what it was. So she like rolled around on the ground, mm-hmm. like, what the f- something it quickly it's itch. still on me. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was so fucking funny watching her like, what just happened? And then Apple, of course, just gets scared. She's like, what the fuck was that? Like she looks yeah. around. She it's jumps over. 10 feet in the air and she's like, what's happening? There's something on me. She's like, what? Who's? Does everybody feel this? What's going on? Yeah, that's hilarious. They're so funny, dude. Like oh. immediately when I vibrate Fawn's neck, she runs. Doesn't matter what's going on, she'll run right at like towards me and be like, "Oh, I'm freaked out." But Francis, he'll if he's really like enjoying whatever he's doing, like fighting with the dog on the other side of the gate or playing, mm-hmm. you know, running along, he mm-hmm. will roll in the dirt and then continue trying to get back. whatever it is off him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it itches my neck, but I'm gonna just keep going. Yeah. to go get him and then uh yeah i don't know it's just a it's a whole mix of how to train whatever works some people treats that's all they need my dogs are not very food reward oriented whenever something else has their attention 
yeah that they would much rather be involved in so i have to like really sometimes i have to like jump up and down and be like let's go inside and act like a fool just like excited let's go inside before they see you know the neighbor's daughter running out screaming or you know before they see what i've already seen i try to get them to like pay attention to only me it is a it is a journey because it works really well for parking too. That was like right. a main thing. Goodness, I know. But because that's Apple like you don't want everyone's to, attention um, on you. Like, oh shit. Or she still does. She'll nip at Lilith's haunches. Like mm-hmm. if Lilith is not paying attention to her, or if I'm trying to get Lilith to do something and she's not listening, Apple will go over there and fucking bite her haunches. Mm-hmm. Well, if Lilith is playing apple and apple doesn't realize that she's playing she will go over there and do it to mm-hmm. her so she and she won't stop unless i fucking get after her like yeah i have to physically go over there so i did the fucking vibration and i don't think she's done it again nice yeah it just has so to be consistent they they are so course. fast at learning isn't that nice about dogs is like they will understand because they just want to make you happy you know for the most part so okay we have had a weird technical issue with our mics ladies and gentlemen but that concludes our conversation on more specifically dogs in the afterlife for now uh as i said i have more to discuss and more questions and i'm sure others as well have questions so we'll go ahead and wrap wrap that up and uh We will have part two of the Delphi situation uh, next week for you all. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you give us a follow over on Instagram and on Twitter and send us a DM if you have any stories. And don't forget to join us next week. Thank you all so much for your support. So did we give you the creeps?